0: This is Come and See from the St. Andrews Anglican Church for December 15th, 2013. The Gospel is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Today is Gaudette Sunday. You all knew that, right? Everybody was aware of that? The word gaudette is the is where we get the word gaudy from. What does the word gaudy mean to you? Tacky, and it comes from actually the advent candle that we light, which is this one, which is pink, and and where it really came from was that that one stood out from all the rest. It's different, and so it sort of stood out and was different than the other ones. So things originally it was that things that stood out from the background were considered gaudy which wasn't necessarily bad later and you can see where that can get there then because if something's really tacky and flashy it really stands out so um, so it kind of took that however neither one of those things has anything to do with what the word gaudet means believe it or not the word gaudet is a latin word which actually means rejoice now how we got to from rejoice to tacky I have no idea um, but somehow or other, human beings have a way of changing things along the way. But that's really the theme that we come to in Advent for this day: is to rejoice, and it's an important theme for us to have because it's isn't that really what people say about Christmas time? It's have a merry Christmas and how wonderful it is. I know you all have been experiencing that if you've been in, in the in the traffic and stuff, Christmas shopping, how everybody's just jolly and happy and. Everything's going well. I know um, the day before yesterday I was um, leaving church and had gone down Old State and was turning onto Polaris Parkway and the I was waiting to turn left because there's always so much traffic coming across there. It was also during rush hour. And so um, the light turned yellow while I was still not able to turn because cars were still coming through. And I was already partially out in the lane. Well, another car is coming really fast and the light's about to turn red. But the uh, car's coming so fast, I can't tell whether they're going to stop or if they're going to try to run the light. So I decided I'd re- really rather not take the chance, and so I was just going to wait until they got by, or either got by me or um, stopped, which I did. Except that about the time that the person started to stop and I started to, to go, the guy behind me decided that I was one of those idiot drivers that didn't know what they were doing. And so he pulls around me in the middle of the intersection, and and gives me that um, universal sign for peace and love um, that drivers like to use so much. Um, and I just said, Merry Christmas to you too. It's really a sad thing. Our world is lost its joy. And, and it's particularly sad because in a lot of ways, even the church has lost its joy. You know? I don't know if you ask most people who don't go to church that it, they don't go to church because those people are just too darn happy. I mean, do you hear that from a lot of your non-church friends that, oh, I wouldn't want to go there, people there are happy all the time, why would I want to do that, that'd be dumb. No. As a matter of fact, if you ask non-church people, they'll probably tell you, yeah, they got all those rules. And, and a lot of what you see on TV and all is the church going out and telling people what's wrong with the world. You know, how these people are bad, or this law's bad, or this thing's bad. And they, they preach. They even have a term for it, by the way, in some groups called, they preach against it. Or if you're in West Virginia, and the hollers that you preach against it. Um, but I can say that because I was in West Virginia. But, <laughs> but it's sort of this thing that somehow if we just tell it the way it is and, and, you know, you know, and beat, beat them down enough, they'll get the point and they'll be convicted. And they'll change their ways. And now the church has been trying to do this now for over a hundred years. It doesn't seem to be working real well to me. I don't know about you all. Because I think it's antithetical to what we're about. When Jesus said to go and proclaim, what did he tell us to proclaim? Good news. Is there any good news in telling people how wretched they are? No. And in fact, do people really need to know how bad the world is? You think they've had trouble figuring that out? If they do, all you got to do is turn on the TV, watch the news, that'll tell you. And, and as a result, though, the church has not lived up to its calling, which is to be a community of joy, a community of good news, a community that doesn't see the world as falling apart, but sees the world as a place where the kingdom of God is breaking in around us, a place where God is in control and will win. And so it's not our job to fix everybody. That's going to happen anyway, by the way. You know, sin and evil will be destroyed. We don't have to do it. God will take care of it. Um, What we are called to do is to call people to recognize the one who can do it and to recognize that his kingdom is at hand. Because that's really the message that Jesus preached more than anything. What he said was the kingdom of God is right in front of you. And the kingdom of God is a place where there is joy and happiness all the time. You know, the early Christian church knew that. That's how they could go to you know, their death, singing in the Colosseum. It's how um, people like Pliny the Younger um, wrote about the Christians when he said, oh, those Christians, how they love one another. It was a, a general sense of that there's something about those people that's different. They don't seem to be you know, beaten down by the things that everybody else is beaten down by. And what that was, was the joy. So if we're called to have this joy, how do we do that? I mean, how do you live in a world that's like ours and not do it? Because, I mean, let's face it. If if you take a test in school, do they go through and and mark all the right answers? Which ones do they mark? The wrong ones, yeah. If you do something at work, do they go through and tell you all the parts of what you did that that work? And not tell you the parts that don't work? They tell you all the parts that were wrong, don't they? Because it needs to be fixed. And that's what happens in our society. I mean, that's the way things are in our lives. I mean, husbands and wives do, you know. Husbands, do you tell your wife all the things that that she's doing great and ignore all the things she's not doing great? Probably not. (laughs) Eric goes, I do, because it's not safe. (laughs) But... We have a it's, it's the way we're raised almost. We're trained to look for the problem and to fix it, you know, to do something about it. And it's not that fixing problems is wrong. I mean, that's fine. But when it becomes an obsession, when it begins to dominate who we are as people, then it's really destructive. Because what happens is we become so focused on the perfect that we forget the relationships and the love and the hope that is meant to be in those relationships. Imagine what it would be like if God never had anything to say to us unless we got it right perfectly. I mean, we'd be out of luck, wouldn't we? And, and just in a very practical way, if God can't convince everybody to do everything the right way, what makes us think as the church that we can? How do we get so much smarter than God that we can do it? Oh, Instead, what we ought to be doing is helping people to see the joy, the good that is around us. And there's a lot of it, but we just don't think about it. I mean, for instance, when you woke up this morning, were you dead? (laughs) Eric was dead, huh? (laughs) Well, that's even better. You're back. (laughs) But if you think about it, that's good. I mean, you couldn't give life to yourself, could you? So the mere fact that you're alive is a good thing. You know, when... When you got up this morning, did you have food in the house to eat? That's good. A lot of people in the world don't have food in the house to eat when they get up in the morning. You know, the mere fact that we have jobs that we have or, or can get if we're out of a job at the moment, that we have some hope of getting one that we would even bother to look, is good. Because there's a lot of places in the world where there wouldn't be anything you could do anyway. And yet the strangest part about it is, in my experience, the people who live in these what they call third world countries, those people are usually the most joyous and i've had several encounters with people from africa who live in places where there's civil war and just horrible things going on and, and some who even live in grass huts that have a dirt floor and don't know where they're going and they're so happy and i've even asked them for i said how is it that you seem so full of joy i mean given the hardships and all that you've been through and you know what they tell me god is good every day god is good they just learn to look for the goodness that is coming their way and not the problems. Because they have changed their worldview. They no longer see the world as a place where good should be the norm and bad things happening are an inconvenience that I shouldn't be have to be subjected to. But rather they see the world as a dangerous place. And so when good comes in, that's a wonderful occasion and it gives us great opportunity. And so that's what we're called to do, is to begin to see the good that is in the world every day, even if it's in the smallest of things, even if it's just in the the smile of a child. Now, a lot of people would say, well, if God is so good... And he's so joyous and everything's so wonderful. Why is there so much evil in the world? Why do so many bad things go on? And the only thing I can tell you is that anybody who's ever had anything to do with kids, if you're a teacher or an uncle or a parent or or a grandparent or whatever, um, it's easier to tell somebody how they ought to do things than it is to get them to do it. They frequently won't behave that way at all. And God has the same issue. I mean, he's told us how to live. We just don't necessarily want to do those things. So we go and do it our own way. And then we wonder why the world's like this. But somebody, somewhere needs to start spreading joy. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, if in Congress, instead of, you know, it always amazes me. Somebody comes up with an idea, doesn't matter which party, either side, comes up with the idea. What happens immediately with the other party? What do they do? They'll come out and tell you how wretched it is, how horrible and how they hate people. No matter what it is. And, and then they wonder why we're cynical. I mean, what's there to be happy about? I mean, how often, what would it be like if instead of having people get together and saying, well, you know, we disagree, these people are evil and all this, if they got together and said, yeah, well, we disagree on how things ought to be done. But, you know, we, we both want the same goal in the end. And maybe we can compromise on the tactics a little bit and work together to get some things done. That'd be shocking, wouldn't it? I mean, nobody know what to do then. But instead, all we do is fight. And we see it permeating our entire society. Even turning left onto Polaris Parkway and rush hour traffic. You know, people get so bent out of shape. That's what Jesus was talking about in today's gospel. John the baptizer, you all know he was a baptizer, not a Baptist? He wasn't really a Baptist, he was a baptizer. But um He um, sent his disciples to Jesus to say, are you the one or should we look for another? And Jesus tells them to go back to John and tell John what you have seen and heard. Tell him what you've seen and heard. That's the same call that we have today, is to go into the world and to tell them what we have seen and heard, that the kingdom of God is in our midst. It is breaking in around us all the time. Now, you can focus all you want to on the works of the devil, and he loves it. He loves it so much, if you focus on the works of the devil and the problems of life, he'll even give you more, because you just make him really happy. Or you can focus on the works of God, and you can say, yeah, there are always problems. But I see the hope that there is always in a new day. You know that psalm, this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's really the beginning of that attitude. It's that hopefulness. Imagine what the world would be like if we as Christians could begin to be people of joy again. I mean, do you think we'd have trouble? I mean, look at all the people we have in here today. It's hard to get all these chairs full, isn't it? But it's interesting. Most of those people don't want to come in not because they're afraid they'll be too happy if they came in, but because either they think we're irrelevant or... We don't have anything but bad news to tell them. If we could turn that around, wouldn't most people flock to it? Wouldn't you like to go somewhere where things are better? I mean, when you go to dinner at somebody's house, do you like to go to a friend's house where the the husband and wife bicker all through dinner while you were there? That's not fun, is it? Do you like to go somewhere where people laugh and joke and enjoy one another? Yeah. Well, it's the same thing for the church. We have to focus more on loving one another and being joyous. And the rest of it is just tasks, things that we need to do, but they don't involve judgment and value. You can actually say something isn't working and still be happy at the same time, believe it or not. But that's our job, is to go and tell people what we have seen and heard. But we have to do one thing first, and that's start looking, because if we don't start looking and we don't start listening, we're not going to see and hear anything except for the bad news. You know, we hear about that all the time. You know, last week, a lot of people, you said, oh, did you watch the game last night? Oh, uh, yeah. It was bad news. Unless you were a Michigan State fan, which it was good news. But, um, but you know, we, we're good at spreading bad news. I mean, I have one piece of really good news for all of you today. Did you all know that the, the what is it, Mega Millions jackpot that nobody's, nobody won yet? It's up even more. Here's good news. There's still hope. Not much, but there's still hope. <laughs> as somebody said, you got to play to win. But I always said, I don't know. It strikes me as sort of like putting your, you know, dollar bill in the in the down the garbage disposal and hoping it comes back out a thousand dollar bill. Um, chances are about it. Well, actually, they're probably better than with that. But the truth is, is that in everything. There are always two sides. Every problem has a silver lining. Everything that happens in your life has hope. And it has hope for one basic reason, that God is in control. You know, that's the one thing that we know that nobody else who isn't Christian gets. God wins. God always wins. And while it may not look like it in the moment, he's still going to win. And if you know that, then the problems of the current time are no big deal. You just move on till you get to the part where he wins. No disaster, no you know, difficulty that you're facing is something that can't be overcome. Because if God is for us, who could be against us? You know, there's nothing that can be done to us. And so on this day, Gaudette Sunday, we're called to remind ourselves again that the joy that is coming is not just you know, the presents that are under the tree that we're going to get to open. The joy that's coming is the fact that God loves us so much that he is with us always, Emmanuel. And he is calling us to look and listen so that we can go and tell. Amen. You have just been listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. You can also find St. Andrew's online at standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to come and see.